Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today with Jessica Calzaretta. Jessica is the president of Insight Global Health, a healthcare staffing and services organization. Jessica is responsible for all sales and recruiting, operations, and delivery to hundreds of healthcare providers across the U.S. In this episode, Jessica and I chat about the important issues facing healthcare providers and caregivers today, as well as the solutions to help improve the cultural experience in healthcare, as well as the great resignation that we are facing in healthcare today. You don't want to miss this episode, so grab your drink of choice and join us. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. As I was saying to you earlier, when I came across your bio and who you are, I was just like, oh, I just want to talk to her on my show. (laughs) I just just feel like you have so much experience. And I mean, you've been the president at Insight Global Health for 10 years. So you've probably seen quite a bit over the years that you can yeah. speak to with where we're at today in healthcare. Well, yeah, th- thank you. J- just to clarify, I wish I could say I've been the president for 10 oh, years. Okay. <laughs> Only just one. I've been with Insight Global for almost 13 years though. So I have quite a bit of experience mm-hmm. staffing, yeah. but as the leader of this organization, that's actually been just about a year. Oh, really? Well, congrats. That, that's thank awesome. You. Good for and- you. So is Insight, so you're a part of Insight Global. So Insight Global does other things, and this is the health division that you That's correct. That you lead. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give a quick introduction. So I'm the president of Insight Global Health, which is a healthcare staffing services organization. We are part of the larger enterprise of Insight Global, which is a leader in staffing services. And we support organizations across technology, accounting, finance, engineering, and now, of course, healthcare with all of their skill set and workforce needs. And so I've been in staffing for a very long time, 
Uh, yeah. Prior to my move into healthcare, I was the leader of our IT organization. Mm-hmm. And so um, it has been really interesting to learn this very fascinating world of healthcare in a very fascinating time. <laughs> so how long have you had to um, learn healthcare? Like how long did you guys, how long has it been that you've been in that area specifically? Well, so Insight Global has actually supported healthcare organizations for decades. Oh, Okay. We, we, that work was relatively limited though, to non-clinical positions that changed dramatically through COVID. So our story is that we were supporting hundreds of healthcare providers all across the United States. And when COVID happened, so many of our clients across other industries, specifically things like hospitality, if you remember the cruise lines, Mm. um, airlines, as an example, those are some of our larger customers in technology, well, when COVID happened in 2020, all of those customers went to zero basically overnight. And so as an organization, we had some tough decisions to make. We had a few hundred people whose livelihoods truly went away in the blink of an eye. And so we said, hey, rather than do layoffs, we're really committed to taking care of our people, doing what's right for our people. Um, Plus, at at that point in time, we had no idea how long this COVID pandemic was going to stick around. We said, we're going to need our people in the long run. So we decided to pivot and turn to industries that were needing to hire. And of course, healthcare was front and center at that time. So many healthcare providers were scrambling to get the clinical help they needed to be able to take care of their patients who were desperately seeking critical care. Uh, and so we stood up our clinical operation relatively quickly. We, mm. we, you know, we just are firm believers that our people are capable of learning things. And so long as we did it in a way that was going to protect our caregivers and make sure that we were putting them in positions to be successful, then we decided to go all in. And so we began this clinical business kind of organically in 2020, formally launched the business in 2021. And so now Insight Global Health supports healthcare providers, not just in the clinical world, specifically of allied and nursing, but also um, across their operational and technology needs as well. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask clinically, who do you support? So it's nursing allied. Is that it? Um, yeah. On the it. front lines. Okay, cool. And then as well, um, when you say non-clinical, um, so like IT as well. Um, Revenue cycle. Stuff. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, I think this is like a a very interesting time. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Canada. I mentioned that earlier. I don't know like if we have staffing agencies. I know we do in general, but I don't know if we have one that's specifically dedicated to just healthcare, let's say, or a department of an agency. We very well may. And I just, I'm so out of the loop because I, I've been working in hospital for many years now. But I'm I'm curious to know that. So maybe an, a listener will let me know <laughs> what's yeah. out there. But um, can you tell me like a little bit more about kind of how your passion has now evolved into like where you're at now? Like, have you newly discovered a passion for healthcare that you didn't know was there? Yeah, a hundred percent. So interestingly, I grew up in around healthcare. My father is a physician mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather was actually a physician. And so, and my sister actually is now a physician. And so I grew up in a very healthcare driven family and uh, spent many afternoons with my dad at the hospital, was very comfortable in hospitals, um, and even had an internship at a hospital uh, for a time. Unfortunately, my skill set didn't necessarily <laughs> with 
medical or nursing school. So I have so much um, appreciation for the caregivers who have gone through so much to be able to give the exceptional care that they do. Uh, And certainly I got to see that very close, up up close and personal, um, just seeing, you know, what my dad's version of a bad day was, was very different certainly than my version of a bad day once I began my professional career. Um, And so getting into the world of healthcare, especially in the middle of a pandemic, was so eye-opening in so many ways because, you know, I just, I I think about what our caregivers do every time they step into their office, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and it's such a dramatically different um, profession. It truly is a calling. You know, you are dedicated to the service of others. And that resonates a lot with me because at Insight Global, we really believe in taking care of others. In fact, that's one of our shared values is that we take care of each other. And that has always meant a lot to us being in the position that we are, where we get to give hundreds of thousands of individuals dignity through the opportunity of work. I mean, we really think about it that way. Mm-hmm. We have such an important responsibility to help people advance their skills and to achieve their goals personally, professionally, and then hopefully ultimately financially through the unique position that we have in staffing. That has meant so much more in healthcare because at the end of every placement that we get to make, somebody's life is being changed truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the the gravity of that and the magnitude of that has really for me been um, humbling in so many ways and really eye-opening. And now I just see this incredible opportunity in healthcare in particular, who unfortunately have gone through so many hard times over the past few years. And certainly a lot of the problems that face healthcare today in Canada, as well as in the United States, let's just say across North America have existed for a long time. But I really felt like those were just accelerated and exacerbated through the pandemic. And now I just think there's so much opportunity to do right by these caregivers and to do right by these healthcare providers to help them navigate all of these truly unprecedented challenges that are facing the healthcare system today. Love that. Well, thank you. Um, It really is about the impact, like you said, right? Like if you're helping a caregiver, you're helping so many of their patients as well. So I can see how that would run deep for you. I know for me, that's kind of why I do this podcast to support the well-being of providers, knowing that if I can do that for one provider, it might help you know, 10 other patients, let's say, or, you know, or more. So that's what it all comes down to. So I love that. So let's get right into why. (laughs) Why are there shortages now? Like, I know this is not an easy answer. I know it's a layered answer. Um, But what is your perspective? I think there's so many layers to this onion. I mean, it is, um, it is definitely multifaceted. I, I think, well, first, it's just acknowledging that these problems existed before the pandemic, right? So true. Yep. You know, there were staffing shortages long before the pandemic, issues that persisted long before the pandemic. The pandemic, unfortunately, just dumped a whole lot more problems on an already persisting issue. And I think a lot of that um, has to do, if you just think about, and I, you know, this is totally secondhand. I'm not a caregiver, not on the front lines. But when I hear stories about what our caregivers have gone through over the past couple of years and just the sheer amount of mental exhaustion and fatigue and burnout that has existed from just relentless hours on the clock, on the job, taking care of patients with oftentimes too little appreciation, too little recognition, truly meaningful recognition and really broken systems archaic systems in some in some scenarios. It's funny, there's a joke that I'm sure you've heard before that healthcare tends to run about five to 10 years behind all other industries when it comes to innovation and automation. Mm-hmm. And that's so unfortunate because I can't imagine in another industry that really is more 
vital for innovation and automation so that we can ultimately impact the patient experience and patient outcomes. But that just has not unfortunately been the story. And so I think those issues have really compounded. And frankly, I think a lot of caregivers have just gotten fed up. And then when you add to that, the entrance of virtual work, you know, all these other industries had to really rethink the way work gets done for their organizations. Just because I'm in Ontario, Canada, no longer means that my employee base all needs to live in Ontario. They could live all over the world. And so that's introduced this whole new layer of competition that healthcare providers never had before. You know, now I'm not just competing with the other hospital systems in my community, I'm competing with Walmart and Apple and uh, Facebook and Google and all of these Uber. That's another one that all these organizations who um, have deep pockets and really attractive working opportunities available for people without necessarily a whole laundry list of requirements associated with that job description to be able to get that job. And so if you think about how one might spend their time as an Uber driver, a totally, you know, I think honorable profession in its own right versus the mental strain and toll of being a caregiver on the front lines in the middle of a pandemic Mm -hmm. to see why so many caregivers have chosen to leave. And then if you just add to it, you know, the, um, and you know, the entrance of telehealth opportunities, being able to provide care in a different way, you know, from the safety and comfort of your home where you're not exposed to all of the elements that so many caregivers are every day they walk into the office. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole nother element. So I think there's just, I mean, there's, there are a million different reasons that I think have played into this incredibly dynamic situation that we're in today. And it's a problem to solve. Yeah. It it's appealing to try to solve it all. Right. Like, I I mean, there's so much, and I think if we all can kind of come together and we all all offer solutions and perspectives from every angle, including clinical and non-clinical, I think that, you know, we could figure this out or at least move things forward. Um, So yeah. And even when you mentioned how we're, we're five to 10 years behind, it's so true. I've always said that I just, I've always found like, you know, it takes a good couple of years for something to actually change and sustain. Um, and even during the pandemic, like for providers to go to telehealth was a big, you know, scramble for, I would say almost everybody because <laughs> we were not, everybody was there yet. We knew it was coming, but not everybody was a hundred percent there yet. And then they just had to be. So yeah, we were kind of forced into that, right? So uh, because of the pandemic. So with all of these factors that you mentioned, like what would you say is like the current culture that you are seeing when you're trying to staff? Um, that's, a, that's a tough question to answer because I, I don't want to typecast, but I will say that I think culturally healthcare organizations, not that dissimilar to technology are behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I see so many organizations really working hard to try to rewrite the cultures, but I think the problem is, is they go about it in not necessarily the most productive or effective ways. You know, it's easy to give tokens of appreciation in the form of gift cards or free perks. And a lot of times I see organizational leaders thinking, okay, well, that's how we solve culture problems, but really culture is not this kind of imaginary vague thing. It really lives in the systems and the behaviors that are encouraged, accepted, and have become now the norm in those organizations that need to be, um, that need to be really, I think, reevaluated and, and to address, okay, so what's broken here about some of the most basic processes and systems that live in our organizations 
that create that culture that our caregivers and our employees experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I think that takes the input of all staff on that. Like if you just speak organizationally to, to each one, right. And like you said, just acknowledging it, I think is huge that it runs deeper than just the day-to-day practices, or like you said, the tokens of appreciation. So how can leaders, given your experience, how can leaders at this point start to improve our, you know, our crisis, like with your support um, and Insight Global support, but also just in general? Yeah, certainly. Well, I mean, the first thing I think doesn't require a lot of outside support. I think it starts with the very basic skill of listening, genuine listen. You know, I, I think there's a lot of organizations who say they listen, but then they make decisions that are very counter to what the feedback of the frontline staff and the frontline caregivers may be raising as concerns. And I think that for leaders really to get to the core of the problems that exist within their own respective cultures, it starts by understanding the caregiver experience at the front lines, at the most basic levels. And um, that really that 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 warrants the need to create systems to gather that information and making that a priority because you're so right. It doesn't happen just at the top. It can't happen mm-hmm. in just one singular organization or with one singular leader. It truly does have to be a broad sweeping effort to really understand what that caregiver experience is at the most fundamental level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, like, I sometimes feel like we're, we're just trying to keep up, right. It's a 24 seven operation. There's no rest. Um, Even if you might not be physically present, there's still healthcare going on. Um, And I think sometimes like we're still just trying to keep up and then we're also trying to improve things. And I think sometimes, um, yeah, it it just, it's a hard, it's it's a hard ask, right. When when short staffed, when there's human beings that need care when there are real problems that need to be solved. It's hard to, I think, balance those, the reality of the situation with the other reality, which is the reason maybe some of these problems are existing is because we haven't addressed the brokenness in our culture that needs to be fixed. And that's actually something that Insight Global Health, we we really feel well positioned to be able to come and support. As an organization, we also had struggled with culture pretty tremendously. I mean, I'll give you, I'll share our dirty laundry. Uh, in 2018, we were a company that was hiring on average about a thousand entry level people into our organization. We're an organization that promotes from within, not that dissimilar to hiring somebody newly out of school to get started in their clinical career. And um, we lost 700 people that year. And that had actually been our trajectory. So we were hiring a thousand in hopes to retain 300. And at first, our rationale for that was, well, these these folks just can't hack it, or there's too much competition, or it's a salary issue, there's compensation issues here. But those were really just blanketed excuses when you got to the core of it. What really was broken is that we had a broken culture. We had lost our true north. It became more about the numbers than it did about the employee experience, the personal experience that our people were having at work. And so we had a real problem to address. And the way we addressed it was actually by taking our leadership team away and said, okay, everybody put your phones down. We're just going to be known to one another. We're going to air this out. Everybody went around the room, starting with our CEO who went first and uh, shared their darkest moments with the organization, but also their proudest moments with the organization. And it was an incredibly transformative experience. Um, because it became safe to say the things that were broken in that mm-hmm. moment in 
time. And once those things could be out on the table, then we could actually get to work at solving the problem. And in solving the problem, we made a commitment to be an organization that was going to live by our values. So we created what is now our shared values. They're very important to us. We um, created a scoreboard, which is also a very important thing that I often see organizations miss is what are you working towards? What is the scoreboard? What is the most important problem that you need to solve? And what are the metrics that are going to indicate whether or not you solved it? And we decided that we were going to commit to not making any decision that went against our shared values and that we were going to be relentless about monitoring our results towards this new scoreboard for how we were going to be able to grow our people. Mm-hmm. And it all came back to that is how do we do, how do we make decisions that are going to promote the well-being of our people? How are we going to make decisions that are going to help our people advance in our organization, stay in our organization, become more productive in our organization? And that commitment was a very heavy lift, but we had all of our leaders and all of our people now rowing in the same direction, identifying the same true north. And over the past now five years, our turnover has gone down to the single digits. We've had oh, wow. record-breaking revenue years, record-breaking growth, all of which is organic. And I, I think I think at the end of the day, while we, a staffing organization, are not on the front lines saving human lives, we are in the business of employing our people and taking care of our people, not that dissimilar to any other healthcare organization or just organizations in general. And it was such a powerful transformation for us. And it became such a causation for our success that we built now what we call our Compass Culture Consulting Division, which we have seen such applications in healthcare because the story is not that dissimilar. Mm -hmm. There's just broken systems and fractures that exist at the caregiver experience that can be solved. Um, And so that's something that we're really excited to bring into healthcare. It's been really powerful in so many other industries, and there's no reason I believe that healthcare organizations couldn't benefit from that. Um, But I think, you know, above and beyond that, it is, it is about making sure that every interaction that your employees have from the time they even understand about the open job description, if you're hiring, that that is an experience that is well thought out and with intention, because all of that plays into the culture of your organization and how your people experience it. Right. And so do you know of any other, I don't know if you can say even, um, of any healthcare organizations that have done this work, have had cultural shifts? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's so many amazing organizations you know, in the United States where I have a, a bit more exposure yeah. that are doing this really, really well. Unfortunately, that's just not the narrative for all. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we study the best. And I think it's also important that we learn that studying the best doesn't have to be limited just to healthcare. There are incredible organizations out there who have really perfected how they take care of their people, how they bring things like diversity, equity, and inclusion into their organizations in a really meaningful way, how they think about retention and advancement in those organizations. All of those systems and best practices can be applied in healthcare. Right. And I think we have to, like I said, make that shift and look at non-healthcare organizations and and learn from them too. You know, I will say like being on the front lines, I, you know, um, I, I would be the person to say, you know, they don't understand because <laughs> they're not on the front lines. But like you said, like systematically, it's different. Like culturally, it's, it's the same in a way, but it runs just so much deeper than just what we do. And I think when you think of healthcare, like our perspective working in healthcare is to do no harm. It's all about the patient experience, right? So it's all about the patient experience, patient experience, but you don't, See, I like how you talk about the caregiver experience, because I really do believe, and I've, I've felt this for a long time now, and that's why I started the show, is that if the caregiver is not in 
you know, their best health or, you know, in their best being, how can they provide the best patient experience? Right. Like it's just, it comes back to integrity when it, when it comes back to that. And like you said, intention, and I think we're just so output focused that way, like, and we, you know, but really we're, we're starting to see that reflect back, I think. I think that's, I think that's really well said, Jennifer. I wish I could take credit for this statement, but a a very wise man that I've gotten to know over the past year shared this with me. And I completely subscribe to the philosophy. The patient experience will only be as good as your caregiver experience, because when your caregiver feels safe and supported and whole and really taken care of in the place where they do their work, their professional calling, then that will benefit the patient outcome. It just will. I yeah. you have to believe that logically it makes sense. It does. <laughs> it really does. I also think emotionally it makes sense. You know, yeah. when are we as human beings at our best? Well, when we feel safe, when we feel a sense of belonging, when we feel seen and appreciated and heard. And that um that doesn't just go away when you walk through the doors to go to work. Yeah. I love that statement by the way. It gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what are ways that we can start? Like I, I noticed you mentioned retention. I'm kind of hearing retention. So is it, I've always felt it's been retention, um, but is it both? Is it retention and recruitment uh, right now that we need more of, or is there something else that we both like? Are, I think it's, it's, it's probably funny. I mean, I'm talking myself a little bit out of a job here. But I do believe it's retention. I mean, I would love to see a world where healthcare organizations become less dependent on the services that my company provides, mm-hmm. because that means that we're doing a better job retaining caregivers in the industry, in the profession. And there are other ways for, you know, companies like Insight Global Health staffing organizations to bring best practices and to support our clients. You know, it's really simple things. Um, retention sometimes gets bucketed as something separate than recruitment, but I actually think the two are very much aligned and in marriage together, retention starts at the recruitment level. It is the little things like how do you introduce your organization and the values that are so integral to your organization? What is it that sets hospital A apart from hospital B? And why should this employee care about coming to work for you over the other guys? It's things like belonging cues. When you're interviewing somebody, how much are you taking time to actually get to know the person versus just fact-checking a resume and that the experience fit. We hear oftentimes from nurses that we talk to that they just feel so commoditized now, that their skills and that their experience matters very little, that their want and that their personal and professional desires matter very little. It just matters, do you have the license, yes or no? And I think that's unfortunate. And then it's, it's little things like how do you follow up with your new hire in the first 30 days to understand what's going well, what maybe hasn't? How are you addressing those problems? That actually, I believe, starts very much on the front lines of leadership. You know, your manager level positions who maybe are learning how to be leaders for the very first time. So much of what they've done to be successful has come by way of doing. But doing and leading can be two very different things. And so how is how is that organization investing in the leadership development of your youngest leaders so that they have the tools and are equipped to have those conversations and to do so very successfully? I see so many organizations miss there, probably because it's an afterthought and it's a difficult lift. Mm-hmm. But I think if we can get those little basic components right, it can dramatically impact the retention experience. We've seen it firsthand in our own organization. That's awesome. And I think that like, that dialogue just needs to be initiated. Oftentimes you won't really see the provider from my experiences anyway, 
do the reaching out, right? Like, I just think it kind of like that check-in is important um, and it just ha- making sure it's being done. And again, sustaining because um, things can get really hectic on, you know, in healthcare and things can go missed and not stay, even though the intention is good. Like the, the sustainment of change is hard sometimes. So do you have any final words? You've been awesome, Jessica. <laughs> like, I feel like I could talk to you about this forever, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that to you. <laughs> I know you're busy. Do you have any final words or insights that you want to share with us on the front lines and also, you know, healthcare leaders and organizations who are trying to really serve their their teams, but also serve their patients? Like any words to leave um, us with? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I likewise probably have a lot of words that I could say. <laughs> really simple. Uh, The first thing I would say to caregivers is thank you and you matter. And wow, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do every single day. I mean, I, I have been in a hospital before as a patient and I have always just assumed I was going to receive great care because my assumption is that my caregivers were educated and capable of doing the job. Um, and I always tried to go out of my way to say thank you and how much I appreciated the care that I was giving because I knew that they were doing that at the expense of maybe not being home with loved ones or not seeing friends. And they were dedicating their time, their profession to the care that I was receiving, the care that my fam- family members have received. Um, and I don't think we say that enough. So I would say that to start. And then to healthcare leaders, I would just say that we have so much work to do, but there's so many amazing organizations out there. I biased in saying this, I think Insight Global Health is one of them, (laughs) uh, that are here to help solve the problems. And a lot of times those problems are the very simple, but don't confuse simple with hard. Sometimes the simplest problems are the hardest ones to solve. But there are so many resources out there and there are so many effective ways. But if we can just open our minds to how so many other organizations have figured out the very simple, but again, hard measures of how to take care of your employees and that caregiver experience, then I think the industry overall will be better for it. And we're here to help. Love that. And so do you, like in terms of organizations that you work with, is it like very small private um, establishments to hospital size type establishments? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We work, um, unfortunately, we're, we are not doing business in Canada. Hopefully we're <laughs> <laughs> Never know. Yeah. Canadian listeners, I hope to do I have, a, I have a lot of U.S. listeners too. So <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> uh, but we work with healthcare providers um, of all shapes and sizes. Right now, just in the United States, we span every major market, uh, and we are here to help. And we look forward to working with you if given an opportunity. Yeah, I have to say, I really did like your website and your shared values, and that was again one of the reasons why I reached out to you. I really felt a sense of authenticity, and you mentioned it earlier in the show taking care that was exactly one of the reasons why I reached out because when I saw that you t- like that was one of the values I was like this is awesome like <laughs> you know uh, it, it certainly parallels well to us if it, it this extends far beyond the people who that Insight Global employs it's everyone we interact with it's our clients it's our consultants it's the people that we place to do very important work we have to stand behind them we have to do right by them and so it turns out that that's also pretty good for business when you do the right thing. And so that's what we're committed to. Love that. Well, thank you so much for being here. And where can people connect with, with you or with Insight Global Health? Uh, well, check us out, insightglobal.com slash health. Jessica Calzaretta on LinkedIn. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Just like, thank you so much, Jessica. And thank you to Insight Global Health for stepping up and 
filling these gaps, especially over the last couple of years. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jennifergeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.